Welcome to the Social Impact Level Up podcast. This podcast is made from the spaces I host every week on the Clubhouse app in the Social Impact Level Up Club. If you don't know me, I'm Wendy B, and I am a coach for socially conscious entrepreneurs. I help you develop your social impact mission, clarify your vision, and turn your ideas into action. Every week, I talk to leaders with a social impact mission about money mindset and manifestation. We also hold weekly spaces for our collective to join forces and change the world. In each episode, you'll hear me moderate the conversation with my two co-hosts, Rodrigo Bravo and Santiago Caceres. Through this podcast, we hope that you will learn, grow, and thrive with our collective. Now, here's a little bit more about this episode. Today, we are talking about intuitive decision-making. For me, this means what does it feel like when I need to make a decision and what is my body telling me? What is my mind telling me and how do I reconcile that? I often have to think about that before I even make the decision and sometimes I don't trust it. Now, if you're anything like me, this has happened to you before where you've not trusted your intuition and then you saw the results, a miserable fail. So I'm here to tell you there's probably a better way. Let's listen to this room and see if anybody knows what the best way to make an intuitive decision is. We are going to be talking today about intuitive decision-making. So when I was walking the dog yesterday, I saw a big bird on a stop sign. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. I don't know what kind of bird that is. So I go to take a picture of the bird. Now, minute, minute, seconds between me pulling out my camera and this bird just staring me down, it just decides to fly away. And I was really upset. So I took a picture of it flying away, of course. And I was able to barely get the wings. And I was just curious what bird actually looks like this because it was huge. It was a really big bird in the middle of Houston. If you guys don't know, I live in Houston. So it was in the middle of a neighborhood. And I was really confused about what this bird was doing, just hanging out on the stop sign, but I assume he was trying to eat something. And I spent last night Googling what this bird was. And it turns out it's probably a hawk of some sort. And I went to go look in terms of like spiritual mating, animal totems, what are hawks about? So what I learned was hawks represent determination, focus, leadership, clarity, future planning, intuitive decision-making, and protection. They often show up when you're called to complete a goal or mission and need strength and encouragement to keep moving forward. Hawks are believed to be messengers from the spirit realm. So that was what I learned about hawks, and I thought it was very interesting because I'm just doing a bunch of stuff right now that is uh, creating and building and helping folks share their impact. And so I thought it was a beautiful kind of connection with this hawk. But then it, the part about intuitive decision-making <laughs> really dug into me because that's how I've been making a lot of my decisions lately. Whether that's what I'm working on that day or whether it's where I'm guiding my business and intuitive decision-making has been a big part of my life for a number of years. And I didn't even realize that this is one of my favorite ways to make decisions. So I wanted to have a conversation about what intuition feels like when you're embodying it for a decision, because that to me is a very specific feeling that I know I have learned about my body and my intuition, but I'm not sure that everybody has had the ability to really hone in on what it feels like when you're, when your intuition kicks in and what happens when you actually follow it. So that's the, the crux of the conversation today is really about, do you use intuitive decision-making? And if you do, is there a feeling like, how do you know what your intuition is? And then, um, lastly, so it's kind of a three part situation. The last part of it is about, um, what do you, uh, what do you actually find the outcome being once you do this intuitive decision-making process? So that's what today's conversation is about. I'm going to welcome Rodrigo, Consuelo, Jessica. Sorry. I don't know how that's done. Oh, Hey Don, welcome. I'm going to put you on mute real quick. There we go. Okay. So, um, so Rodrigo, Consuelo, Jessica, Cynthia, and Don, welcome, welcome. Just know that this is being recorded and we'll probably use this replay for a lot of different purposes. So just FYI, cause you're up on the stage with me and I wanted to give you guys a chance to just quickly, you know, introduce yourself, talk about, um, you know, what you are making decisions about if it's a business or personal or whatever. And then let's get into the topic about, um, intuitive decision-making and what that, what that looks like in your life. And I'll share somewhere in the middle 
um, more of my story, but I just wanted to give folks a chance to um, to share, you know, who you are and, and if this, I know Consuelo came up and said this topic is really <laughs> important to her. So if others have um, experience with it or not, um, just kind of share what you're, what you're working on and what your experience is. So Rodrigo, do you want to start off? I actually defer to Consuelo and Cynthia first. I'll let the ladies uh, chime in, introduce themselves and, you know, have their say on that. I, I really strongly believe that women's intuition is much stronger than men's intuition. J just saying, putting it out there, I don't know. You know if that's bad or good or anything like that but uh yeah go for it console no Rodrigo, you're right <laughs> um hi i'm consuelo i am a reiki master and practitioner but for me the reason why i love this topic is coming into my forefront where i'm at is i'm really trying to break a scarcity mindset right now so in the wellness industry you know if you hold space doing energy work the slow times of the year are summer and winter surprisingly and so i'm in that slow time and you know bills don't stop coming <laughs> and i'm really trying hard to um change that scarcity mindset really give it up to my guides and universe that I'm taking care of, that I'm abundant, that I already have everything I need. So I like that this is coming up. With the intuitive part though, for me, when I start really just giving my power away that I really can't control anything but influence anything is what comes into my third eye. I have a really strong third eye, what it shows me, what it tells me. And I kind of just let it go from there is my personal experience. So Consuelo, let's, let's dig into that. Um, Cause I think that this is again, back to that idea of embodiment. What do you, um, how do you know, how would someone know if they don't know if they have a third eye or they've never even experienced what that would feel like? Can you give advice on how you understand and interpret that so that you can follow it multiple times yeah so when i started you know my my spiritual path is if i were to describe it it's it's when your inner voice really starts to speak stronger um you know my that's how i know when my third eye is really going because that inner monologue that doesn't quite sound like me starts to step in stronger. It's really hard to explain. Jessica will probably be be able to back me up on it. But for me, um, my third eye, when I have my eyes closed, and I'm meditating, visions will start to come in almost like a dream. Like when you're dreaming and you have this picture uh, show going on, but I'm completely awake um, and in my body. So some of that will play into, but also things just start coming into my conscious that don't really sound like my mind's self-talk. It sounds like something else. So that's how I know my third eye is kind of doing its thing. Horrible explanation. Sorry. No, no, I think that's beautifully <laughs> said. <laughs> so basically it's, um, you know, you're not necessarily cognizant of the thoughts. You're not creating the thoughts, but they come to you. And when they come to you, it doesn't... Um, not only does it not feel, but you also don't recognize that it, it was a thought you generated. So the thought just kind of spontaneously comes about is what I heard you say. And then um, kind of knowing that you're opening yourself up through meditation or spirituality or understanding your body. I think there's a bunch of things in there that you said that were really important. So thanks for that. Cynthia, do you want to share? Have, or do you follow your intuition and what does it feel like? Oh, for sure. I'd say the majority of my whole business has been like just an intuition, like just a, a feeling of which way I should go. Or it's very like, like the cartoon, like light bulb feeling I feel with me. Like I, it, that's exactly how it feels. Um, and I'm really intrigued about the bird. I had an eagle on my um, house on Christmas morning that was there for like an hour. So now I'm like trying to research what that, what that, symbolizes now that you said bird I'm oh like, yeah eagles it. are great i've had eagles come to me before eagles are really great spirit animals definitely look it up okay but yeah i would say it's definitely that very like light bulb um feeling that i get when i get an idea and i'm like i need to do this this is gonna be really good 
Oh, I love that. Yes. So um, almost like it's spontaneous. It comes to you and then you kind of think, okay, that, that's the thing I got to spend my energy on. Yeah, exactly. And I agree with Rodrigo. I don't, I don't think my husband gets that feeling like the same type of feeling I get. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. It's definitely mainly me. Cynthia triggered my memory. Uh, sounds like Cynthia gets what I call a whole body yes. Oh, I love that. Yes. That's exactly what it is. Yes. Jessica, what about you? How is this working for you? I mean, my business was built on a dream, like a, like an actual dream that I had. So um, when it comes to intuitive decision making, I feel like that's just something that's always been a norm for me. Um, I've had to... I've had to learn like when to tune in to like being practical more than I've had to like tune into that, I guess, full body. Yes. Um, but I think it's really important to have a balance in both. And so I think when it comes to, you know, even working or collaborating with people, I've literally had like big full body nose. Um, or if something seems off, I've communicated that to people like, hey, I just don't think it's the right time. Um, so I'd, I'd like to say that, you know, that's a huge part of why um, I avoid hot mess situations when it comes to my business. Um, anything that makes me, I guess, feel uncomfortable doesn't necessarily mean that it's not, you know, a no, but if it's backed with a like a bunch of other things that kind of fall into play, um, I definitely do listen to that because uncomfortability and decision making doesn't mean that your intuition saying no, you could still get, be uncomfortable and still get um, still have to do it in order to unlock something else that you need to move forward. And so I think that as well. But for the most part, yeah, my business was basically built on intuition. And then also, that's kind of what I do for a living anyway. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So you had a dream and decided to go into business based on that dream. I think that's really inspirational for folks to think about because we often call our vision for a business or what we're trying to do our, our dream that we're following, that we're chasing. But you literally had a dream. Jessica? Yeah. Yeah, no, I did. And I've, I've always been a dreamer. I've been a dreamer about a lot of things. And generally, when I have like very clear dreams, it's usually a sign that I'm to move forward in something. With this in particular, I was uh, standing on a stage and I was talking to a lot of women about reclaiming their bodies. And then I was like, oh, and then everything kind of just fell into place. And I didn't realize how all of that kind of rolls into this. I think for the most part, you know, our, our visions and our dreams aren't always, you know, we just shouldn't ignore them. We should just take small steps to make it happen. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And I think that's always part of our conversation here is what are those small steps that we're going to be taking next to move towards our vision? You know, just going back to what you said earlier, Wendy, it is important to listen to our intuition. It is important to see those signs. I think, and without getting too deep, you know, but I think those those things happen for a reason. You know, God doesn't speak to us directly, directly sometimes, you know, I mean, we pray and we, we, we try to manifest things or whatnot, but when things are laid out clearly on the table and we don't take those signs in, uh, we have nobody to blame but ourselves. You know, when things are obvious, when things are not going, you know, the way they're supposed to be, when things don't move in tandem with our vision, with our dreams, with, with whatever it is our trajectory is supposed to be, there's conflict there. And whenever that conflict exists, it's because it's not meant to be there. I know that there's been times when I move in a certain way and it's not what I'm really, this is not really what I'm reaching for. It gets in the way. It, it starts hampering my idea. Uh, it starts actually prevented me from reaching my dreams. And so earlier when I was talking about intuition, right? There's been several times when I have this intuition, but man, I don't listen to it, you know? And now I've come to the point in my life where 
I definitely appreciate those signs. I definitely appreciate when I'm reflective enough enough to realize, you know what, this situation is, is sucks. I'm not supposed to be here and I need to change it. And, and I think when it comes to those, you know, those intuitive moments, the times that we ignore those moments are probably the biggest, are probably the biggest peril to our own selves. And I think that's why it's critical. Consuelo mentioned it. So did Jessica and even yourself that our, our minds are, are in tune and, and, and lockstep with our ambitions, with our passions, with our desires, with, with things that are supposed to be in our universe. And when we don't follow that and we don't listen to it, it's, it's, it's not, it, it, you obviously get that conflict. There's that tension there. Those vibes are not there. And I think we all understand that. And the point is though, what are you going to do to realign yourself? And are you making those steps to realign yourself? And I think that's the critical question to ask everybody. I feel at some point does have some intuitive ability or they get a sign or they just get that, you know, that, that gut feeling, right? But what do you do once you realize that that's the move? Are you moving towards it or are you continuously ignoring it? Because I think at the end of the day, that's when you could really, you know, bear the responsibility. You can't really blame God for what happens when you ignore his calls as well, you know. And again, not trying to get too spiritual or religious or anything like that. I am a man of faith, but I definitely that's a private matter for me. But that's the way I look at it. And uh, and I definitely, again, give all uh, props to women. Y'all have amazing intuitive sense. I have been checked on that stuff countless times <laughs> when I think like my logic is saying like, hey, you know, you should consider this, this, this and that. And they're like, no, or, or I get told out or whatever the case may be. You know what I'm saying? I definitely feel like when it comes to that, uh, uh, women definitely uh, take the lead on that. And I think it's just because they're often more, much more in tune with what's in their mind and their heart as opposed to, uh, and I'll just say myself that I've often been in tune with just my mind and using logic and reason. And yeah, that's not the way the world works all the time. I love the dichotomy of feeling emotion, logic, and reason. I think we don't lean into that enough to understand which of those we're using when we're making decisions and which ones we rely on uh, quite heavily to make decisions and which we could exercise more. And I think that sometimes we try to go with that logical sense because you think that the intuitive decision doesn't make logical sense. <laughs> and so you're kind of wanting to ignore it because you can't logic your way out of it. But I think that's some of the trust of your intuition is that it doesn't always have to make logical sense. And if it doesn't, it might actually move you in the right direction because the logical way was not going to be the right way to go. You're, you're absolutely right about that, Wendy. A partner and I, we opened up a gym way back in 2014. Yeah, 2014. And, and she, the whole time we were not, we didn't have the capital at that point, you know, or I really wasn't interested in investing the capital that we had into the business without it, you know, really manifesting itself on the ledger. Right. And so I wanted to see like, okay, where are we going to make this money? Where are we going to do this and do that? And looking back at it, I, I still look, I still mop the floors. I was cleaning the restrooms. I ended up teaching classes myself. She was a hundred percent all in, but I think, you know, when, when, you know, her spirit was a hundred percent in and she believed it. And although I was a hundred percent in with my mom, with my, with my money, with my, with my commitment, as far as like my labor and all that stuff, I wasn't a hundred percent committed in my mind, at least not at the beginning. And I feel like that's where that problem, you know, that's why there was tension there in that business because I wasn't there yet, you know? And it makes it difficult, you know, when two people are together and they don't have the same vision, they're not aligned. It doesn't matter how much that person supports you. You know, it doesn't matter how much they're willing to, you know, sacrifice their time or, or put in money or whatever other resources there are. If they are not mentally there with you, it's going to be a struggle and it's going to be tense. And that's why it is important that like, you know, your partner has a vision that they, they have something they want to do, you know, to believe in it, not just say like, well, I don't know if it's going to work or not, but you know what? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to help you clean and do this and that. It's more than that. It's that feeling, that gut feeling there. And sometimes you may not have that, right? But it's important not to also discourage your partner from that, you know? And it doesn't necessarily have to be words. It could be your actions, you know, or your lack of action. 
So I think, you know, what you just said right now is really important too. Uh, you know, we, we don't want to, we, 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 there is a dichotomy there, right? But we also don't want to blunt the, the, the sharpness of intuition, you know what I'm saying? Especially if it comes from your partner. And in my case, when I learned, I was like, man, you know, looking back at it, reflecting, maybe I was correct that financially we just weren't there or there was another investment that needed or blah, blah, blah. Whatever that logic and all that bullshit is, that, that's fine. That's great and dandy. But did I believe in the business with all my heart? And looking back at it, I thought I did. I mean, I'm sorry, at the beginning, I thought I, you know, made that change, but honestly, I wasn't there with her at the beginning. And that may have been what really led to the eventual dissolution of the business, you know? And so, but anyway, I just wanted to share that. I know I love it as an example. And it's a great story because you say partner, you know, meaning I think not only business partner, but romantic partner in your case, but in other cases, it could be business partner, right? I think there's a lot of different partnerships. And when you're working with people and you have to make shared decisions, sometimes it is difficult to trust someone else's intuition. Because not only are you not used to trusting your own intuition or what it feels like embodied, but then when you're trying to trust somebody else's, you definitely can't feel it. <laughs> like there's no possible way. You're, you're absolutely right, Wendy. And I don't want to monopolize the time too much, but I just wanted to add what you just said right now. You, you, you're right. You know what I'm saying? It extends itself to everything. It's just not your, your, your partner, your romantic partnerships or your business partnerships or your partnerships at work or anything like that. It's everything, you know what I'm saying? And I, I always kind of lead with a motto, how you do anything is how you do everything. And so if you're not 100% behind something and your intuition is telling you otherwise, or your intuition is telling you like, man, go for it, do this, do that, blah, blah, blah. It's telling you, you know better, you should do this. Why are you settling for this? Why you keep moving back? Now, you, you know, move forward, blah, 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 whatever it is believe in it and do it with 100% intention. And I think that's, you know, that's kind of the root cause when you're talking about intuitive decision making, you know what I'm saying? That's really what it what it boils down to. And it's not just money. You're absolutely right. It's not just money. I know we're talking about money because we're doing money mindset and manifestation Mondays, but it, re it really revolves around everything you do in life. This is Rodrigo and I'm done speaking. Thank you, Wendy, for you know letting me share. Well, thank you for uh, for the room. Uh, and with regards to intuitive, I made a decision uh, many, many years ago. After 10 years with the company I was with, uh, we had started with uh, 900 branches. We grew to 1,500 branches. And then there was an, an opening in Santa Barbara, California, which was maybe uh, 200 miles away from me. And I uh, asked to be transferred there to go ahead and operate at the, uh, the brand new office. And the employer told me that they were uh, uh, going to hold me back until there was an opening in Puerto Rico because I'm bilingual. And I figured, well, I speak English and Spanish is my second second language. So after that, I decided I've got to take uh, control of my own life and not allow anyone else to go ahead and uh, determine, you know, my uh, my income uh, capacity, my promotions and things of that nature. So I decided to go ahead and go on my own and uh, for the uh, for 20 years, I was a, uh, a contractor to the mortgage lending uh, bill. Uh, I retired 21 years ago, thank God, to uh, real estate investments that I made. Uh, I'm looking now to go ahead and open up a, a due diligence company uh, to acquire tax lien properties to make those homes affordable uh, for people that can't qualify the bank. Low-income people, for example, I plan no, to go. Don, can I ask you a question about that? Because I know you shared that before, but how did you? Was that an intuitive decision on who you wanted to help? Because I know you were really super passionate about giving housing to people who can't necessarily afford it. How did you come to that part of your your vision? Well, I've always uh, active in helping. I did a lot of charitable work for hospitals and things of that nature. But regards with the uh, the housing, what uh, really pushed my button was a study that I read with uh, regards to the effects of the Hispanic families due to deportation. Uh, and that really stirred me and I decided, okay, uh, there's uh, something I'm knowledgeable about and that's real estate and risk evaluation. I tried to find a vehicle that would allow me to acquire more properties that I could go ahead and house them while they, uh, uh, the remaining partner did something with regards to possibly getting training, get into the job, uh, job market. And for that reason, I decided that uh, tax lien investment was the best vehicle for me to go ahead and uh, 
uh, be able to acquire the properties and carry the notes for these people. So that's that. That was why I decided to go that route, and that's what the uh, affected me most is the study that I read on the effects on the youth that were left behind, the issues that uh, they had growing up. Parents were reluctant to take them to doctors uh, uh, because they were afraid of being uh, deported, uh, you know, from being out, out in public. And for, and for that reason, I decided, okay, this is it. And uh, there's something we can do. And I'm hoping to build a team together. I'm uh, 75 years of age. I'm not kidding myself. I'm looking to find uh, individuals who are younger so that I can go ahead and patch the torch. So that's, that's, that's my passion. Wendy, I love this topic so, so much. Hi, everyone. My name is Sarah Rose D'Angelo. I am a online business coach. Um, and this is such an important topic and how I what I infuse into my business, which is like a very like body led, pleasure led, intuitive led business, because essentially I came in, Wendy, when you were talking about logic and I, I heard a little bit of it, um, but I just felt called to share my perspective on it because logic versus intuition and logic is so beautiful I, I work a lot with masculine and feminine dynamics and i always say the masculine is the logic right we need the logic it makes sense it creates safety it's so powerful and it can also be somewhat limiting right because that's our mind. It's where our ego lives, limiting beliefs lie, um, inner child wounds, right? So logic is often a little capped and limiting to its potential versus um, intuition, which is, you know, intuitive downloads. It's, it's the divine, it's God, spirit, universe, source, whatever you believe in, um, guiding you to the path that you're meant to be on. And when you trust your intuition, like it's not it's not coming from a place of ego or limit limiting beliefs. It's coming from a place of fullest expression. It's coming from a place of like divinity. And so it's in that place where like anything is possible. And if you can continue to trust that you're getting guided to your purpose. Right. Um, and so I, I kind of think about it of, of every time I'm making an investment in myself, like does this feel expansive or does it feel contracted? Um, and, uh, and I always ask my intuition and if it's feeling expansive, it's like, I get some butterflies in my stomach and my heart feels open and I get excited. It also feels a little scary. And I always call that like my edge, like what is the edge of feeling scared and excited? That's the sweet spot. <laughs> and then also on the other side of that, like, is my body feeling contracted? Am I feeling turned off by this? Do I, does it not feel good inside of my body? Um, and that's always how I kind of decipher whether something is like a hell yes or a hell no. Um, and then I take my, my action from there. So that's my little share. I'm Sarah and I've been speaking. Oh, welcome. Welcome, Sarah. And definitely join the club. Love to have you back. And um, it's great to have you here for this conversation. And I, I love what you said about, um, I'm going back to my notes because I do take notes in this club from these conversations and I turn them into blog posts. So I love uh, all the different perspectives that everybody has shared. The intuitive downloads. That is one that I think some folks have maybe don't have as much information about, especially if they're not on a spiritual journey. Can you just, with that phrase that you use, I know I, I also get intuitive downloads. Can you just give like a brief definition of what that feels like for you or how, how that comes to you or just to kind of give people more clarity about that one issue? Absolutely. So intuitive downloads to me are essentially um, ideas that have been planted in my heart from my higher power. Um, so whether for you that's like God, if that's the universe, if that's source energy, um, whatever your higher power is, it's basically a um, an idea that is destined for you. Like nobody else received that except for you. And so that's kind of like your intuitive download from the divine. Like, oh wow, I was gifted this idea. I was gifted this in my imagination and therefore I have the potential and the opportunity to turn it into reality. Um, you know, our imaginations are one of the most powerful tools. And I always like to say like if everything, everything in this world, if you're looking right now, 
your phone, your laptop, your blanket, whatever. Like it was all created twice, once in your imagination, and then it was created in reality. Um, so it's kind of this like, you know, connection to your higher power and turning some that idea that was planted in your subconscious or in your in your heart, whatever, into a um, like a physical form of um, of desire, if that makes sense. Yes, yes. Oh, it's such a beautiful um, definition of it. I love I love that the, the idea is gifted to you and that they come twice. That is super powerful. So thank you for being here today and sharing that. Aria, I loved your energy when you popped up on stage. So I want to give you a chance to just talk about your intuitive uh, decision making. Hey, what's going on? I It's going to be hard to follow Sarah because Sarah, you're dope. Um, <laughs> I'm going to follow you. I want to connect with you. Like, I feel like you're the type of individual that can help me channel because I'm, you know, my intuition and my spirit, I'm, I'm an ADHD poster child. So I'm super hyperactive, but my inner being is that as well. So, um, my intuition is always yelling for me to kind of go and jump and exp like, it's, it's always on 10, right? So I would want to learn how to, how to slow it down and harness and listen a little bit more um, because the excitement kind of blocks out that, that frequency um, and whatnot. So, you know, I'm here to kind of learn from you guys and be able to tap into that and slow down a little bit more and listen and feel um, because, you know, I live on 10, like I said, and my inner being is I wake up like this, this 24 seven. So whenever y'all need to pick me up, like I'm better than coffee guys. I, this is, this is what I have to give to the people. And, you know, um, but I definitely, I resonated a lot with what Sarah was speaking because I felt it in my inner being when she was explaining, um, you know, her process. And I'm like, okay, something's connecting there. Like, I don't know, it felt really good and I felt ease within myself. So um, whatever it is you guys are saying, just keep going. I wanna hear more. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, let me, so let me go into the, I'll launch into the little mini lesson. So a lot of these rooms, if you haven't been here with me before, I give a sort of a small lesson as part of the room. It's kind of the model for these rooms because I want folks to have something to take away tangibly now and to be able to use right after the room, right? So I think that's a beautiful share, Aria, to say, you know, hey, I'm on 10 a lot of the time. I think we don't always know what's going on for other people. So it's great to hear you say, hey, you know, just FYI, there's also the very, very um, active level versus just not understanding it. I think that's a powerful to share as well. So the one thing I'll say, and then we'll go to Crystal, um, receiving is a big part of this because a lot of the times we don't take a moment to just receive. And particularly if you're someone who does get a lot of intuitive downloads and you don't know how to handle them or you don't know what they are, you're just receiving all the time and it's ideas flowing around in your head and you don't really know where they came from or how they got there. And you get confused sometimes or you don't follow them. And a lot of the work that I do helping folks to really understand and hone those ideas is to really sort through them in a way to work with your intuition to tell you which ones are a priority, which ones should be the ones you work on first and which ones are really gonna guide you towards your true purpose. And so receiving is a very big part of that process. And a lot of the time, we receive in different places and different spaces in different ways. And it's kind of our job to, when you need to receive, to figure out where those places and spaces and ways are so that you can then go, um, you can then go and get that information that's coming to you, right? And so for me, it's not always about what I'm supposed to do. Sometimes it's about what I'm not supposed to do. So for example, when I was deciding, I was the first in my family to go to college, right? No one could guide me. No one could tell me how to make this decision. I had two uh, colleges in the West Coast that are equally awesome. And one of them was offering me scholarship money and one of them was not, right? So even based on a logical sense, I should have just gone where the scholarship money was. But I went to physically be on each campus and to really understand what the culture was and the students and how it worked. And my intuition told me right away that one of them was not it. It just was like, nope, 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 nope. Right down from the way that people were talking to me, the clubs that they had, the way the school was laid out and I had to walk uphill all the time. Like the whole thing was no, 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 no. 
But when I got to the other campus, it was nice and green and has a park in the middle. And it was the people who I met were wonderful. And it was very, very awesome experience in the end. And that was the one that was offering me the scholarship. So even if I had gone the logical way, I still would have ended up the same place. But my point is the doors that opened for me from that one decision, I can track every single other time that I have intuitively made a decision since then and how it's expanded my life exponentially. Whether it was going to grad school after that, moving to Uganda after that, going into the government, all of those decisions I made with intuition as my guide, whether or not I should or should not do that. And so there's a lot of pieces that, I, that we're saying today where we're talking about the affirmative part of the decision, that I should move forward. But sometimes the receiving part tells you actually not to move at all or to move in another direction away from that thing. And so you have to be in a place to understand that message of moving forward, moving backwards. And one of the tools that I've been dabbling around in, if you have not heard of human design, I would highly recommend either hit me up in the back channel or find someone to do your reading. But human design is a way that I have started to understand why my body feels certain ways when I need to make a decision intuitively. And that process has been more intentional for me in the last year. And again, it's opening a million billion doors, right? So we have a lot of tools besides just the feelings in your body to help you make intuitive decisions. And I would just encourage everybody to try to figure out where those spaces are and how the tools can be helpful to you in your decision-making and in your life. So Crystal, I wanna welcome you to the stage. We're just talking about intuitive decision-making. Um, we've gone a, a lot of different places in this conversation. Initially, we started with the question of what does it feel like when you're embodying an intuitive decision? But we also have talked just about every, everything under the sun. So feel free to contribute whatever you'd like. And if anybody else wants to come up, raise your hand, I'll bring you up and um, we're gonna keep going to about the top of the hour. Hi, Wendy, and hello, everyone. Uh, thanks for having me here. I'm tuned in from London, UK, and this is a great conversation. My space is behavioral science uh, and finance. I'm also a chartered accountant, and this topic is so on trend for my life right now. Um, my sister's very spiritual, heavily, um, so I'm learning a lot from her, and I'm in this weird space right now where I'm very logical. So being a chartered accountant, you know, very black and white, I have been, and I'm, a lot of what I do is about making economic decisions, it's, it's the most optimal choice, you know, all of that good stuff. Um, but as I've, you know, leaned into behavioral science and understanding the way that our brains are wired, and also then working with my sister and leaning into my intuition, I'm in a weird space of kind of joining what I understand about behavior and our belief systems and how that connects with intuition. And it's really poignant right now because the work that I'm doing, so I recently started a company called Mind Over Money, which is doing workshops and training, et cetera, et cetera, in finance and behavioral science. And I'm, as I put myself out into the business world, obviously I'm getting requests for lots of partnerships. And I guess because that volume has increased, so there's you know more and more people requesting to work with me and connect with me, I'm becoming almost like really sensitive and it's my gut. I, it's almost like really early on, almost instantly, I can tell when something doesn't feel right. And my sister's teaching me to lean into it. it. You know, it's your intuition. And where I haven't, I think you said the same thing, Wendy, just now, it, it usually blows up in my face. Something goes terribly wrong and it's like, I knew it. I, I could tell, I could tell. So I'm learning to lean into that more. Although on the other side, the economic me um, sees that actually partnering with this person, doing this you know, business venture or whatever it may be, could be financially great. Um, but then actually my intuition is saying something's not right. So actually just step, step back. Um, so I think net net, I'd say I'm learning more to lean into what feels, what I feel in my actual body although I don't understand it. I think that's the newest thing for me, not knowing how to explain things um, when it comes to my intuition, but trusting it. Um, and I think I'm leading a, a more comfortable life as a result. But that's me, I'm done. Thank you, Wendy. Ooh, that's great. And Kuntali, I'll, I'll let you chime in next and then I'll, I'll see if anybody else wants to. We're just gonna go popcorn style now. Um, I think that idea of not understanding it is one of the things that creates fear of why we don't follow our intuition. Because in some ways, we feel like, again, with the logic that we need to understand everything in order for it to be correct. And 
when you're working with this type of, of perspective of, you know, whether you're thinking about your body and how, how it kind of tells you yes or no, or if you're thinking from a, a spiritual perspective, we don't always understand how those things work. We don't always understand how our body works. We don't always understand how spirituality and, and connection to source energy works. But the key word you said in that conversation is trust. And I just wanted to call into the idea that we have to learn to trust ourselves and to trust intuition more. And as we're going through our journey, hopefully you'll see that when you do actually do that, it'll um, reinforce the, the trust for you. So thank you for your share. I appreciate that a lot. And hey, Consuelo, chime in. Yeah, I wanted to expand on what Crystal was sharing because it's uh, similar to a little bit of what Jessica was saying too. And that's what I call tuning into your higher self. So when we're making decisions and that niggle just comes in, it's telling you that that in the long run is not going to benefit your higher self. So keep leaning into it. And it's nothing personal, all the right way, how Crystal was saying, economically, financially, she saw the good things. It's nothing personal, but there is something that the universe is telling you and your body, the way you're in tune, is it just in the long run is not going to benefit your higher self. And that's how I've been making a lot more decisions lately is I tune in, is this really going to benefit my higher self in all ways and forms and in the long run? I'm Consuelo, I'm done speaking. Yes, yes, yes. And sometimes, you know, you don't even know what that image of your higher self is. At least I've shared in these rooms before, if you haven't met me, I'm a, a Reiki attuned person. There's a couple of us, I think three of us on stage are all um, Reiki practitioners on some level. And my second attunement, I very much met my higher self. I And I, I just was like, oh, hey, there you are. <laughs> That's cool. Didn't know this was possible. And she told me, you will get here either way, but you didn't need to make it this hard. And I was like, ooh, so it's your higher self telling you that you're making things way too hard. That was like dagger in the heart when that happened. And ever since then, I have tried to trust my intuition more and more because I realized that I was fighting my intuition and that was inherently what made it so hard. And it was a very, very hard process, a pill to swallow because I thought, oh, I have been trying to make these logical decisions my whole life, and that was what I thought was the right way. Here I am telling myself that that wasn't always necessarily the right way. And if I want to continue to ignore myself, that probably isn't the best practice to do. So that is another story about how you know you really just don't know when these signs and things are going to come to you. But when they do, it's really kind of our job to consider how do we step into to a place that's going to bring us to our higher self. So that, um, Aria, do you want to chime Yeah, in? I actually did. So um, in having a conversation with my higher self, um, Ari One, that's her name, <laughs> I was told that, you know, I don't take the time to talk to her. And she introduced me to, you know, my my ground self, my KC3, my earthly self, the, the nature of me, the one I need to tap into, you know, when, when uh, giving birth and when, you know, uh, exploring parts of the world that evolve my physical aggression, hiking, running, like, that earthly being. So I don't, I need to take more time to just talk to my higher self. And if anybody, you know, wants to do the same and tell me how it goes too, because maybe they know each other, wherever they are, <laughs> your higher self and mine. But I, I feel like we're definitely, um, it's definitely time for me to, to make it a part of my routine. Um, and be consistent with that that conversation. So thank you so much for reminding me that my higher self even existed, like immediately, you know? <laughs> yeah, because again, it's, it's those things we can't see, right? We talked about this earlier in the room, if you weren't here, we have trouble trusting things that we can't see and understand and logic our way out of. And sometimes it really isn't about that because that uh, that piece of the decision is, is what's making it difficult for us. So um, popcorn style, if anybody wants to chime in, the other thing I wanted to just give you guys a chance to say is if there is a decision right now that you are trying to make and um, and what is, what is your higher self saying? So if anybody has any, any examples of something that's going on in their life right now that they want to share in the last couple of minutes, feel free. 
I will go ahead and share just because this is a little, a little bit of an edge for me at this moment. But I've gotten so many nudges to write a book and to transition from, you know, business coaching, which is my standard and my signature, you know, offers to um, writing a book and also um, transitioning what I coach from business coaching to um, men and money, which is a like staple of how I teach about money mindset and manifestation. Um, and I've been getting the nudge, I've been getting the, the, the pull to go do the thing and it feels intimidating, it feels big, it feels bigger than me, um, bigger than anything I've created before. So I, I've been a bit hesitant to actually move forward, um, but I've had not only my own intuitive um, nudges to go do the thing, but I also have had one of my clients who is a, um, a intuitive and a medium she was like, you're supposed to be writing the book and you're supposed to be talking about men and money. Now go do the damn thing. And I'm like, you're right. I really should be. Go go do go do the thing. <laughs> um, so I guess that's kind of something I'm playing with right now. And I, I, I kind of want to give permission to anyone who like has that thing who, you know, it feels big. It feels like a lot. And you just keep getting the signs that it's, it's meant for you. Um, trust it, trust it, trust it. And if you want to take your time with trusting it, that's okay too. It's all going to happen in divine timing, but kind of lean into the inevitability of it. Because if you lean into the inevitability, that's when you'll start to like collapse timeframes and to collapse timelines on how quickly that thing will manifest. Yes. Ooh, oh, that's so powerful too. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here, girl. We're going to have to connect. Yes, let's do it. I think that yeah yeah i think um the inevitability of it that's that's important too because it, it you can make it come like kind of quicker i think is what you were saying sort of and i think that that is really important but it, much power to you on the book thing i know it is a very very big um commitment and so we will be happy to support you in that in any way if you um if, when you when you get there and you have the book please feel free to come back and drop the link mm, thank you babe i appreciate you yeah, yeah, we're we're a very encouraging bunch for sure. So, last couple of minutes, anybody want to share anything? If not, I'll I'll kind of um, share some more. Yeah, I'll go ahead and share. Um, I I was just thinking that. Um, so, I've been in the process of creating an oracle deck, um, which I will be. It's going to be obviously an indie oracle deck, so it's going to be self published and everything. Um, but that is something that I've had to trust my intuition 1000% because it's definitely being led and it's not going at the pace I want it to, which is like, I want to push it out next month. Right. So just create a bunch of things and then just have it be done. Um, but then what I realize is, is that like pushing something at a speed in which it's not supposed to be pushed at will only hurt me in the long run because it's not going to be, me presenting something as my most authentic self um, and trusting in my intuition um, rather than my time frame is something that I think has been the biggest lesson that I've been learning with this process. Um, because I, I can easily just with my design background, I could easily push out something probably within a month. Um, but I'm also trying not to force something that won't serve anyone. Um, and that will also allow me to show up as my most authentic self through a product that I'm designing for people's spiritual growth. Because I mean, that's what I do is that I, I curate and conjure and I make things so that people can um, be in their most, that can help them in their spiritual journey to be their most powerful self. Um, and I think that at the end of the day, you know, we live in a world where everything's rushed. So slowing down and really listening to that voice is super important and super beneficial because you're not going to have anything to prove in that space. And I love what Sarah talked about a little bit earlier is that, you know, things are created twice in your dreams and then in reality. Um, and I think that if they're already, as I started thinking about that, if they're already created in our dreams, that means that technically they already happened. Now we're just manifesting them physically on this other realm. And I feel like that can go super woo woo really quick. So I'll just keep it short. But um, if that is the case, and these were vision and dreams that we've received, that does mean that they they have already happened. 
Um, it's just our job to listen to that person, that higher self. So that way we can present the things that we were already meant to do in the first place. So that's all. Ooh, that's a great that's way to dope. That was dope. Yeah. Yeah. Great way to take it home, Jessica. I think, um, the, the te technically has already happened is, is sometimes people want to argue with me about that. And I'm like, well, but you don't really know, right? So there is a lot of stuff that we're still, I think, all learning about ourselves and about the world around us. And I think a lot of us who are on that kind of woo-woo side of it have um, really been digging in to be more intentional about these things. And I think that's why you'll hear some folks on the stage who have a lot of different perspectives and are in different places in their spiritual journey are people who are trying to share this with other folks because we found it so helpful in our experience. And I think that that's really where a lot of this um, this knowledge comes from. Now that you've joined our community by listening to this podcast episode, I want to welcome you to participate in a conversation with our collective very soon. If you're not on the Clubhouse app, you can connect to me on any social media platform as Wendy Veloz, V-E-L-O-Z. I'd like to thank everyone in our community who participated in this episode, and especially my partners in crime, Santiago and Rodrigo. Until next episode, keep changing the world.